I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Vice President and Head of Global Government Relations for ServiceNow. Please join me in this conversation with Nicole Francis Reynolds. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, thank you, Romy. Very nice to be here. Nicole, you have had an incredible career. Tell us a little bit, where did you get your start and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? I have had quite an unorthodox and exciting career journey, and it really began when I had the opportunity to intern on Capitol Hill uh, for two summers. And uh, I had the opportunity to work with my then member of Congress and really get to see firsthand how laws are made and how they impact people and governments and countries. And so I think that's really how it began. I knew that when I was seven, I wanted to be an attorney. I grew up as an advocate. I advocated for myself when I wanted a training bra. I advocated when I wanted my dad to stop smoking. And I advocated for myself when I wanted to wear contacts instead of big glasses. And so I think I've just always been just an advocate for myself and for others. And so that's how it really began. I love that. So you, you did begin your career in government in the public sector. Tell us about that. Yes. So I I actually, you know, as I mentioned, I began as an intern and then I graduated from college and law school and had some summer associate experiences at an amazing law firm and then began practicing law. And so I was a litigator for a couple of years and I saw these lobbyists uh, within the firm just moving and shaking and working with members of Congress to draft legislation that impacted people and hospitals and nonprofit organizations. And I just knew then that that is what I wanted to develop into. And I knew that because of that goal, I had to get Capitol Hill experience. And I ended up meeting a member of Congress who was up and coming at the time, just an amazing rising star, and was given the opportunity to uproot and move to Memphis from Washington, D.C. The goal was to work in his Washington office, but he didn't have space. And he had some other goals for me, and that was to move to Memphis and lead his district office and to help him prepare for his Senate race. And so I took a risk and I did that. And it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I love that. So following that, you ran the campaign, you won. So, (laughs) well, I ran several of his congressional reelection races. And I, I say ran loosely because we had such an amazing team and not one of us actually led the campaign, but, and he won several of his reelection races. And then he went on to run for the U.S. Senate. And unfortunately we lost, um, I think by 3%, which was a tough loss. I still wear his Senate campaign hat to this day and my children wear it. And no, we, we lost and we learned a lot along the way, but it was one of the best run campaigns. And we just love the experience and are, again, are all the better uh, for that opportunity. So from there, I, and actually during that time, I practiced law a little bit in Nashville, Tennessee, while getting ready for this Senate race. And once we lost, I moved back to Washington, D.C. and had the opportunity to literally work on Capitol Hill. And that's where I spent another eight years working there, really helping draft legislation and put together hearings and and really experience and be part of how bills become laws and how they impact people. 
uh, important stuff, especially as we look at this 2020 year. Yes. So then you moved into the private sector. What made you decide to make that change? Yes. So interestingly, when the congressman that I was working for in Tennessee lost, someone put me in touch with a recruiter and I spoke with him and his advice to me was to go get some Hill experience. And while I thought that those several years working in Memphis as a congressional staffer, albeit in the district office, sufficed, it didn't. And so fast forward seven or eight years later, I received a call from this same recruiter Hmm. He said his name and said that he was representing MasterCard at the time and trying to help the company find a director for their public policy group. And my answer to him was, I actually asked him a question. I asked, oh, do I have enough Hill experience now? <laughs> I love it. And we both started laughing. And he said, indeed, he had been watching my career and watched me develop over time and thought that I'd be a great candidate to interview for the role. Love it. And so how are you finding the private sector different from your experience in Washington? It's an amazing experience because, you know, when you actually practice law as a litigator, you're representing corporations or doctors or, you know, nonprofits or for-profit organizations or people. Uh, And then to have the opportunity to work on Capitol Hill, you are helping shape public policy that impacts people, corporations, governments. And so then to work for a corporation, you really get a chance to learn what corporations are all about. How were they formed? Or how are they formed if they're new startup companies? And how they're built, the culture of a company, the energy, the mission of that company. And you learn about finance and tax and all sorts of important issues that are relevant to companies. And so this experience working in corporate America is, it's really fascinating and it helps you shape your thought process around laws that are made. And so what's interesting at this point, at this juncture in my career is when you hear legislators talk about corporations, they either have a real accurate view of how they work and the mission that they have and and how they employ thousands of people and the impact that they make in the lives of their customers, uh, whether they're corporations or whether these customers are actual everyday people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's interesting to hear the, the different perspectives. And you can certainly distinguish between those who have had corporate experience and really understand the fundamentals of how a corporation works, and then those who haven't had that, which can unfortunately hurt how public policy can be made or is made, and ultimately hurt the people who these corporations serve. And now you are at service now. Tell us about your role and what you're doing there. So this role is amazing. And I will say that there is some angel out there who recommended me for this role to this day has clearly been sworn to secrecy, and I'm just so appreciative of whoever recommended me for it. And first of all, ServiceNow is an amazing company. It's growing, it's thriving, and its mission, which totally aligns with who I am, is that we are making work work better for people. And I just love that. I love the name of the company. I love the acronyms that I see come across my email. And so I have this incredible opportunity to build the Global Government Relations Department. 
And it's fascinating because I have a history of managing people and building teams. I helped build a congressional office for a member of Congress who had never been in politics before. And she's now moving and shaking on the Ways and Means Committee and the Intelligence Committee. And many of the staffers who are there have now moved from being an intern when I was there to being a legislative director or chief of staff or what have you. And so I will have the opportunity to build this global government relations team and our phenomenal CEO, Bill McDermott, only wants us to hire nine tens. I love it. Nothing below that. That's great. Which is one of the reasons why the company just wowed me so much because everyone I interviewed with had this pizzazz. They have this thrill and excitement and passion for the work that they do and for the mission that we are about. And so we'll have the chance and working on this now to build a team globally. So not only here in the United States, but hire public policy execs across the world, Dublin, Brussels, Singapore, Australia, you name it. And then I will have the chance to identify what our public policy priorities are. What are our objectives? And because we are a cloud company, we're a tech company, issues like privacy and data protection, tax and artificial intelligence and encryption, all those really important issues are part of our priorities, procurement, the appropriations process, those issues are important. So I will build this team and identify the priorities, identify our opportunities, our threats, metrics, how we will go about our tactics to develop these objectives and measure ourselves uh, toward the end of the year. Another opportunity is third-party coalitions. What we have found is while so many people are focused on what this group or community doesn't have aligned with our group, or this group is a group of Republicans, or this group is a group of Democrats, or these people live in the rural community versus the urban community. And what we have found is that the issues that are important to people they transcend party, they transcend communities where they live. And to have the opportunity to build a group of national and local leaders to validate the work that we do. Everyone wants a good paying job, right? Not only a good paying job, but they want to thrive and provide for their families. They want to work more efficiently. And we've learned now because of this pandemic And I firmly believe that ServiceNow has really served as a leader during this time because we've all talked about digital transformation, what that means. And this pandemic has caused us all to accelerate our thought process and the technology that's been developed as a result of what's been taking place. And so we want to work more efficiently. And that's why our mantra is we want to make the world work better for people. And so if we build these validators, mayors, governors, civil rights leaders, and others, people who have benefited, people who apply for government programs like unemployment insurance or the food stamp program, and, you know, how is that process working? Or military who have to relocate or the military who had to come home as a result of the pandemic. Service now was at the forefront of providing those sorts of services to people because of opportunities to work with states, governments, and the military and others. And so building up these validators, advocating for our company, seeking new business opportunities, expanding across the globe, and having success stories, talking about that person who was able to apply for unemployment in a seamless way, streamlined way. Not streamlined in the sense that they were shut out of the process or it became more difficult, but it it was much more efficient. And to hear from those governments that our programs, our apps, help them save money. 
that our apps didn't displace workers, but allowed those workers to get retrained and learn new services. The fifth bucket, and I characterize my role into five buckets, and the fifth one is to create alignment internally. And oftentimes in corporate America, different departments all work in these silos. And again, one of the things that Bill McDermott talks about is aligning and working together. And that's why he wants nines and tens. He wants people who undo coalitions internally and communicate more often and forecast what's coming down the pike. And so that's my mission. And that's what I've been tasked with doing. And I've literally hit the ground running and I'm drinking from a fire hose and the fire hose, it's awesome. I love it. Some observations about your story. So first of all, I love that you have been ambitious since you were seven and had a strong sense of purpose and a strong sense of self and a strong sense of wanting to make things better and that you've pursued a career, right? And I think what's a really important takeaway because so many of us care much more about purpose and work now and that, you know, that there are many places that you can do that in the private sector right? You can make the world better through your job. The other thing I loved about your story is that you followed the advice, right? They said, get work on Capitol Hill. You got work on Capitol Hill, and then you have to go look. Someone said, oh, I see Nicole did what I said she should do, and you got a call, right? And then you got a call, and now look where you are, right? Right. No, that's true, and I, I think that that's a real testament to the work ethic that you have when you are in different roles and how you are representing not only yourself, but the entity or, or the member of Congress or the client that you're working on behalf of. And I think that relationships matter. And so stretching yourself a bit and doing things that you wouldn't normally do. And, and I know that on Capitol Hill, we are so overscheduled yes. and you know, running down the halls of Congress, not just walking down those those halls, but taking time to learn from others, just taking a few minutes to sit down and getting to know people and forecasting what issues are important to them. And, and so I think that by doing that sort of work, that's how I developed these sorts of opportunities. And again, I don't know who these angels are. I don't even know who recommended me for the role at MasterCard. But again, it's through relationships and through the work that you do. And I think that you're a walking billboard, right? You can't be a walking billboard if you do the work that you're supposed to do and do it in a meaningful way with passion, with purpose, and everything else will take care of itself. Right. You got to be a nine or a 10, right? Right. (laughs) Um, So I'd like to ask you, since it seems like you've spent a lot of time doing this in your career, I think a lot of people right now find themselves in a workplace, or not in a workplace, because we're virtual, but working with colleagues who may come from a different political persuasion, and that can cause a lot of friction. How can we manage that right now? What do we do to help build bridges when tensions are running high, tempers are running high, we vehemently disagree? And that is, it's it's a challenge, and it's part of why we are in the situation we are in now. And what I have found is that oftentimes we have to find common ground and we have to identify those issues where we just simply cannot come to an agreement, but yet identify others where we can. Mm -hmm. I even think we as women, when we encounter someone who is on the other side of the aisle or from a different city or different state, country, you name it, identifying commonalities You know, it could be whether someone has children, share those stories, and then you find, oh, we have more in common than we do, you know, distinct. Or if someone likes to exercise or someone likes flavor ice cream, whatever it is, I think we have to 
kind of get back to the basics. We are all human. So 2020, work is not working very well for many of us, even worse for women of color. What are your recommendations about how we can help support the people who are most impacted in this pandemic? There are a couple thoughts I have about that. And one is one of my favorite pastors who's in Nashville has talked a lot about this pandemic and how we should position ourselves. And one of the things that he said is that we should come out of this pandemic better than we went into it. He's been spot on. And we do know that there are people who are less fortunate than us, who don't have the benefit of working from home or who are working in spaces where they could be knowingly exposed and people who have lost jobs. Early on in the pandemic, you couldn't go into restaurants. You couldn't go to the museums and people were furloughed. And so there are people who had to apply for unemployment insurance. If you think about barbers and makeup artists and the people at the basketball and football arenas and baseball stadiums who served you your favorite cotton candy or hot dog, those people had to either find other forms of employment or had to go to file for unemployment insurance. And so there are people who have just experienced far worse. And so I think that going back to these policies that are being created, legislators have to get back to who put them in office and figuring out ways to help them, that they get the help that they need and making sure that corporations and, you know, we have to work, these public-private partnerships are really important and ensuring that companies are thinking creatively about how to help those less fortunate. And so I think that we have to be as helpful and thoughtful and mindful of those who are less fortunate and develop programs and be as giving as we can to those nonprofit organizations who are helping others. It's just, it is, it's absolute trying time. Absolutely. And this is a good conversation to have since we were one week before Thanksgiving. So I'm going to move to sort of fun, get to know you questions. Okay. Nicole, what is your favorite karaoke song? One of my favorites is a song by Beyonce, and it's called I Was Here. And it's slow, and you can't really dance and all that to it. But I really like it because it is impactful. And her lyrics speak to having a mission in life and leaving a legacy behind and grooming and motivating others and just making your life matter. It's going to check it out. Another song that I really like that you can sort of dance to, Beautiful Day by um, U2. I love listening to, you know, the Pitbull, serious radio station <laughs> and learning about different DJs and Latin Prince is one of them. And I love when he mixes different songs. We have a karaoke machine in our house because my children have it. And sometimes I find myself singing and my yeah. kids like, what on earth is wrong with you, woman? Um, you're, you're our mother. You should not be singing and dancing to these songs that we're supposed to be singing and dancing to. I love it. We all need a home karaoke machine these days. <laughs> um, tell me, who is a person, living or dead, you would like to have dinner with? I mentioned Beyonce's song, yeah. and I think that she is someone I would love to meet. Yeah. I would love, But I would love to because, again, I love those lyrics, and I think that there are some commonalities there. I love that she is a working mother. I love that there's a song that she talks about how we as women, we we work hard and we have our babies 
And then we get back to business and and we just do it. We just juggle it all. And I love her passion and energy. I love how she expresses how she feels as a married woman juggling life, juggling her career and being a mother and wanting to be there. I love how she integrates her daughter, Blue Ivy, into her songs. I try to do that with my children. I'm not a singer, of course, but I try to expose my children to the world of work that I live in and take them to events and places where children don't often get to go. My son has had the opportunity to meet President Obama. Um, And there's a photo that was captured of the two of them interacting and and it will live on forever. It's in Pete Seuss's book. It's in his movie photo hung in the White House. He and my daughter have had a chance to meet former Congressman John Lewis. And so I feel like there are some commonalities there where we are exposing our children to how to be an entrepreneur, how to love music and dance. And so I just love to sit down with her and learn more about how she does what she does. Yeah, she is so hardworking. I mean, I think she just never quits. Is there a book you'd like to recommend to our audience? Sure. Okay, I agree. Yes. One book is called Time Smart. I actually started it about a month ago. Wow. It's supposedly, I'm just into the first chapter, and the first chapter is called The Art and Science of Being Time Smart. And I'm one of those people who believe that, I know that I have 24 hours in a day, but I try to get like 48 hours of work done in 24 hours. And I have that problem too. Yes. <laughs> so I'm constantly trying to figure out, how do I perfect this? How do I get better at this? And, that? and it's not easy. So that's one book. The other book, it's The Winner's Dream. And, ah. and I know I work with, I'm not saying this just because I work now, but when I began interviewing for this role, I learned that Bill, by doing my research, had written this book. And it gave me insight into who I'd be working with and yeah. for. And it fascinating book about his journey and his philosophy about customer service and people and the value of people. And I really believe that leadership starts yes. from the top. And so when I interviewed with him, we just hit it off. And I began telling him that I have a lot of commonalities. And I mentioned that while he worked at Finest Grocery Store, my parents used to go to Finest Grocery Store in Ohio. Oh. Um, and I had to put the groceries away. And while I think it was, um, he, he played CYO basketball. I played CYO basketball oh, wow. and on and on. And he learned to work hard. His parents instilled that in him. And that's what my parents instilled as well. So we just totally hit it off like right away. Okay. And then the third book, which I have not read, came in the mail yesterday. Uh, is President, President Obama's new book. I think we're all dying to read this. I can't wait to read it. But the book that I have read that I would encourage people to read and it's called the power of moments oh wow that looks great Um, too the power of moments it talks about the importance of creating moments and how moments matter and it could be the moment that you met someone it could be the moment that you make someone smile and why it's important to think about creating those special moments it could be surprising someone you know, I will surprise my mother tonight, uh, who's in Ohio, with President Obama's book. Uh, she doesn't know it. My dad doesn't know it. And, and she will receive it. And she'll call me and scream. And I can't wait to hear that. Or, you know, surprising my children with some special day, you know, and, and seeing their faces. Or when you're teaching a class, making it practical and creating some sort of practical application to it. And so that's one of the recommendations from um, The Power of Moments. Love it. I love that. 
All right. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. At Fairy God Boss, we observe that in general, women are not as good at bragging as men are. We were told when we were young not to brag. But in order to get your work noticed and in order to really advocate for yourself, you have to take credit. You have to brag. So, Nicole, I'm going to ask you to lead the way for us by bragging about yourself right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the worst people <laughs> asked to do that. So I, I will say that I try really hard to accomplish the mission each day of exercising. Uh, I take an amazing kickboxing Ooh. class. But I, I try to take care of myself, work as hard as I can for my employer and the people that we serve, and be the best mother and wife as I can be. And while a lot of people think that I do it flawlessly, the answer is I really don't. But I will brag and say that I, I can still do my daughter's hair in the morning, and sometimes we're doing it as we're in the carpool line, and the head of school sees us, and she just thinks it's hilarious. Or, you know, it's jogging around the neighborhood and talking on the phone or going through emails and being responsive because I've worked for an amazing member of Congress who taught us the importance of being responsive right away because people want to hear from you. And so I'll just say that I've I've tried to be as well-rounded as possible without missing a beat. I love it. I think you're doing an amazing, amazing job, an amazing job and are a role model to us all. So thank you. Thank you. I think that my daughter will say that I will be a much better mother when I find her socks that don't have seams in them. That's my new mission now. I feel like I had a similar conversation just this morning. All right. So to close, what is the number one piece of advice you would like to leave our audience with? What's the one thing they should know? The one thing that they should know is that it is a true privilege to live on this earth. It is such good advice. We should make as much impact as we can, as much of a difference as we can in this world. And oftentimes I hear so many young people talk about wanting to be famous. And it's not about the applause. It is about making a difference in someone's life. And that is why I love Beyonce's song, I Was Here. That's what it's about. We're here to not only live for ourselves and exercise good wellness and provide for our families and all of that, but we're here to leave a true imprint in whatever fashion that is. And I can honestly say that if I can leave this earth knowing that my children will thrive. I will have mentored young women and, and men who will be able to thrive and leave an imprint um, on this earth. Then I will feel like I've lived. And that's my piece of advice. Live it. Live it and, and ride that roller coaster. And that's the best advice that I can give. That is phenomenal advice. And I think you've definitely left an imprint on all of us today. So thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. And I'd love to talk to some of the girls who um, need to hear more voices like ours. And I'm not in this role just for me. And I want to pull as many other women um, along and even men along as I possibly can. Thank you so much, Cole. This was fabulous. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.